We have been in this study of the I Am's of Jesus since August of last year. It has uh, been a tremendous uh, study for me, and I pray for you all that have listened to it. Uh, we're going to start today, and I am the true vine. Uh, this really excites me. I uh, pray that the Lord just open our understanding and we see this in relationship to Christ and all that is meant in I am the true vine. I do want, want to point this out. He, didn't he did not just say, I am the vine. He said, I am the true vine. And as we go through this study, we should really consider this. I, I'm not sure how much I'll get in it today, but just to mention it, that's what he said. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that he bear, that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is John 15, verse 1 and 2. Now, verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I, I wish we would hear that as believers. We so often look to ourselves to bear the fruit of God, and we try to bring it about. I've been there myself where I've tried and tried and tried to bring about the fruit of God. But Jesus tells us how, how it's accomplished. He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you shall bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the fathers loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Glory to God. Greater love had no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard of my Father. I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that you love one another. 
Now, this is the first 17 verses of John 15. And fruit is what God is after. It's not just any fruit. It's the fruit of the vine. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It's the fruit of Christ. So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fruit of Christ. And we're talking about how the fruit is produced, what Jesus was talking about, how it's produced here. And the only way it's produced is by abiding in the vine. If I'm not in the vine, I can't bear his fruit. Glory to God. So he is Christ, the planning of God. We bear fruit by being planted in him. This fruit is his life in us. That's how we bear fruit, by being planted in him. Now, we've there's a lot here in John 15 we can break down, and we'll see as time comes how we break this down. But right now, I want you to flip to John 12, verse 20. John chapter 12 and verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of the state of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and Andrew, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, and Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Now, I've said this often, so you may have heard me say this before, but what kind of answer did Jesus give them? Because here's Philip and Andrew telling Jesus that, hey, there's some people out here, some Greek people that want to see you. And Jesus didn't say, bring them in here or I'll go out to them. He said, unless a quarter of wheat, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So the answer to seeing Jesus was that the Son of Man would be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall in the ground, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So the corn of wheat had to fall in the ground to bring forth an increase of himself. Now notice as he says, except it fall on the ground, it abideth alone. Now I want you to think on John 12 and John 15 together. Jesus talking about abiding in him to bring fruit. And him saying in John 12 that it abideth alone, that the seed of wheat abides alone unless it die, and if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Now, where did it abide at? Where did it abide, the seed of wheat, when he said it abides alone? I want you want to ask you a question. Do you see anything here? Now, let's go to John 14. John 14, 
and look at where Jesus said he dwelt. John 14, verse 9, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sakes. Verily, verily, say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also in greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, he abides in the Father. Glory to God. So, and Jesus says of himself, he always pleases the Father. So he always brought forth the fruit of God. And when we come to abide in him, the fruit of God that he brings forth comes forth through us. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. So the fruit that was in Christ is the very fruit of God. That's what's in Christ. I mean, there's never been a vine like this vine in the earth. I, I can, you could say this is the tree of life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because this vine is filled with the divine presence of God. And he alone was filled with the divine presence of God unless he falls into the ground and dies. That's the only way that he could accomplish bringing the life that he has into you and I. That's how he accomplished it, is he came into humanity, and he just didn't come into humanity to show us how good we were. I hear that voice a lot. Well, God, Jesus has come to show us how the Father loved us. And I say, okay, God loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his son to die that we wouldn't live in the old man. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That we would come into this life, this glorious life that's called Christ, this fruit of God that we would abide in that of Christ, that that would become our dwelling place. Now, that's what I see here. The corn of wheat, who is Christ, was filled with the divine presence of God. That's what he said. I am in the Father, and the Father's in me, and I'm bringing you into what I am. In John 5, 26, 5, 26, Jesus says, For as the Father hath life in himself, so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself. 
Now, keep this in mind and turn to John, back to John 14 and start at verse 16. And Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, Neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world, see me no more, but you see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. And that day you shall know that I am, my, I am in my Father, and ye are in me, and I, I am in you. That day you will know. You're in the vine when the spirit of truth comes. That's what you're going to know, that your life is in him. Because he lives, you live. Just like Jesus says, as the Father works, I work. As the Father has life, I have life. That's the relationship that he's brought us into. That he lives, and we live by him. Because I live, you shall live also. Why? Because you're in the vine. See, if I wasn't in the vine, I couldn't live. I couldn't bring forth fruit. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I couldn't bring forth life. So if I'm outside of the line, I can't bring forth the life of God. That's impossible. But by being in the vine and abiding in the vine, I can ask what I will, and God will do it unto me. Now, just a thought here. Jesus was bringing into view as he was talking about us asking what we would of the increase of fruit. He said, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So there's a strong possibility that Jesus is talking to a people about asking for the fruit of God to come forth in them. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, meekness, and so on. Against such there's no law. So if I'm abiding in the vine and this fruit's coming forth in me, there's no law against this fruit. As much of this fruit as can is allowed as much of the increase of Christ as we desire can be brought forth in this corporate body called the church. Glory to God. Herein is my Father glorified. I guess so. Because God was in Christ. Christ was in God. Now, 
through his death, burial, resurrection, we have been planted in union with him. So the God that was in Christ is in us. And as much of Christ that's measured out in us is how much of God we know. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's what I believe I'm hearing. So as the increase of Christ comes in our heart, the increase of the understanding of him, then the increase of the knowing of the Lord comes forth. So there's, so herein God is glorified. We should ask that God may be glorified in the Son. He's glorified in the Son because he's taking of the Father and showing it to us. He says, all things of the Father of mine. So he's taking the very divine life of God and showing it to us. Something that really impressed me the other day may have been Tuesday night. I've been ministering on the Feast of the Lord in our Tuesday night Bible class. And I believe it was there. You know, I, I make the comment or quote often Romans 6, that we're dead with Christ. Colossians 3. Why, why did we have to become dead with Christ? Because none of that old man abides in God. None of that old man is God's nature. That's why the measurement of the death of Christ has to be in you and I. Because that old man is not the nature of God. And now we're in the vine to bring forth that which is the nature of God. That's what we're in the vine to do is fellowship that of Christ the very substance of the great I am, the very substance of the living God. Now, to me, this is a salvation that we can fellowship what God is. Glory to God. Well, let's, let's go on down through here. So we're in Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23, verse 5. The Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. And a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In the day, in his days, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell in safety. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord, our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but the Lord liveth which, which brought up and led the seed 
of the house of Israel out of the north country from all countries whither I've driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. We, and I wrote as a note, we are in the righteous branch. We are in the righteous planting of the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. This vine is Christ Jesus the Lord. So when I go back and read this and I look at this branch of God, if I look it up, it means a sprout. It's dealing with a planting of God. That's what the word means. It's dealing with the planting of the Lord. And in another place in Zechariah 6, it says, and speak unto him, verse 12, saying, thus saith the Lord of hosts, saying, behold the man whose name is the branch, the sprout, the planting, and he shall grow up out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne. And the council of peace shall be between them both. So here we see in this branch a king and a priest, and the same thing is declared in Jeremiah. 33 of the branch, that they will no longer need one to sit up on David's throne and they will no longer need a priest. Why? Because this planting of God is both king and priest. That's what Hebrews declares of him. He's in the order of Melchizedek. He's made like unto a high priest forever after that order of an endless life. Now, and this is where this planting of God right here is where I believe the children of Israel's salvation's at. This planting right here, who is Christ the Lord. So he's the righteous branch of God. I am the true vine, and you are the branches. So that that's of God is that that's in Christ, and those that's of God are those that's in Christ. So the natural planting of the Lord was the natural seed of Israel. And they were the planting of God until the branch, the vine, God had declared through the prophets came. And in order to be in the planting of the Lord, you have to be in him. That's why Jesus said, I am the true vine. See, the planting of the Lord up until Christ came, what people considered the planting of the Lord was the natural plant of Israel. Now, 
Christ has come. And I believe that's why Jesus made the comment he made in John 15. No more can ye. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in, my, in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. In other words, by being the natural seed of Israel, you could no longer bear the fruit of God because the planting that the natural seed of Israel testified of had come. Glory to God. And now in order to bear the fruit of God, now in order to be the planting of the Lord, I have to be planted in the vine who is Christ. Amen. So being a natural Jew, a natural Israelite, doesn't make me God's planting anymore. Neither being a Gentile. In fact, Paul writes that in Christ, there's neither male, female, Greek, or Jew. And I wish God's people would hear this. In my heart, I wish we'd hear this. I want the Jewish Christian, the Gentile Christian, to come and see the glory of the cross that as Jew and Gentile, we didn't survive. But we come forth as a new man, a new creation, who Christ is the life of. And as this new creation, we abide in him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And this, I pray that God's people would come to understand that what God had declared by Jeremiah, how he was going to bring them from the north and the south, the east and the west, and he, and he, and he prophesied this in other places and how Judah was going to be saved is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He come out of Judah. So Judah is saved because Christ came out of Judah and we are in the heavenly Jerusalem. Now in the natural, Jerusalem was in Judah. And the writer of Hebrews said, we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So, and this is all that's in Christ Jesus. This is that of the Spirit. God's not after the flesh anymore. God had a testimony in the earth, in the Israelites. Yes, he did. A glorious testimony. And God desired that all Israel would be saved. I believe that means even all natural Israel. That's his desire, that all would be saved. But all has to come to the branch. So just for a moment, speaking of this glorious testimony that's in the natural seed of Israel, what God did there is through 
Abraham and Sarah, he brought forth a people. I mean, God brought it forth. Sarah couldn't have a child. Abraham was, what, nearly 100 years old. They were both past their age. And in the set time, God came to Sarah. And she had a son named Isaac. Now, this son was through Abraham and Sarah, not, you know, like the Son of God, but it was the work of God, nonetheless. God moved, and they had children, a son. Abraham had children after that day, but they had a son. And that son, Isaac, was the promised seed of God. And the son Ishmael that Abraham had had before Isaac could not be the seed because God had to move, because it had to follow the perfect testimony of Christ. So in the set time, at the appointed time, God came to Sarah. And it was at his appointed time. Why did it have to be at God's appointed time? Why did he have to appoint the time? He, he said something to the fact, at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. Because it was declaring that when the fullness of the time had come, God's son was going to be born of woman, born under the law, to deliver them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So all that had to be perfect because at the set time, Jesus Christ was coming from the volume of the book and he was going to be born as a babe in Bethlehem. All that was going to be done at the set time, at the time God had designed at the time God had chosen. So it came to pass. It happened. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. The Son of God was born. Not born of man. Hallelujah, but of God. Mary, that that's in you is of God. And he came forth in the earth. the seed of God to die the death of the cross, that that seed had to come to die the death of the cross to bring many sons to glory. Just like we read in Zechariah, he was going to have the glory. And he was, he bears the glory and we come to glory in him by our union in him. See, we're planted in him. Just like Israel in the Old Covenant, they were planted in the book of Exodus. The Bible says, chapter 15, 17, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place 
Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands have established. So he brought a people out of Egypt to plant them in there. Now, now if I come and read Romans 6, and I read this often, know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized in his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism in the death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. For if, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. So here's the planting of the Lord. We're planted in Christ. In his death. So that everything he died to would be in us. And this is only by the Spirit of God that this can be. It's not of man's works. So the Spirit of God ministers to us his death, and we're planted in it. Why? Why? That we walk in newness of life, that we be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And we come to know through this understanding that the old man's crucified with him, that the body of sin would be destroyed, that we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him, join to him. I love looking some of these words up with him, united with him, join with him, co. Habiters. And that's what John 15 is saying. You're, you're, you're in the vine. So the substance of the vine is taking hold in the branch. We're biting in it. We're understanding it. And now that we're understanding it, we're abiding in it, that the fruit of it would come forth. A couple more thoughts on this. In, in, in Romans 7, it says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law have dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which have a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ. Now, by the law was the, the knowledge of sin. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's what was by the law. But we're dead to the law by the body of Christ. So the law made us aware of sin, made us, and, and sin became exceedingly sinful in us, right? But Paul writes that you are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. And here's this wonderful thing again, a fruit, to bring forth fruit unto God, not to bring forth fruit unto what the law command 
to show sin exceedingly sinful, but in our union with Christ, we bring forth fruit unto God. That's what we do. If we abide in the vine, we're going to bear fruit. It's going to happen. Why? Because the substance of the vine is pushing it out. The substance of the vine is forming it. The substance of the vine is flowing through it. So the, so the <laughs> substance that flows through a tree is just flowing like he's the tree and it's just flowing up through the vine. Out. I can see in my heart the candlestick and in Revelation chapter 1, how that in the candlestick, in the seven golden candlesticks was the Son of Man, one like the Son of Man. That substance of the Son of Man was in the candlestick, flowing through the candlestick. You're talking about a candlestick getting lit with oil. Like in the old covenant, now the substance in this candlestick is Christ himself, and he's, the, he's flowing through it. And the all of him is coming out. Hallelujah. The, the, you can say the anointing of him. Oh, the king and the priest, that's in his church. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. One last scripture, Romans eleven sixteen 16 says, If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. My God, rejoice in that. As he is, so are we. Because we've been planted in him to bring forth that of Christ. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. To hear that, your destiny is to bring forth fruit of the Lord. That in your innermost being, in your heart, in your mind, you would come to know it. And from your bodies, you would express it. That's what I mean by bringing forth fruit. Yes, it gets formed in you. Yes, it's known in you. But then it's expressed out. So we didn't get new physical bodies when we got born again. Now we're the body of Christ. But these same earthen vessels that bore forth fruit of death of Adam are now bearing forth fruit of Christ by the miraculous work of the living God. Jesus, behold, I create all things new. He's what makes it new. He's what makes it a fountain of living water, that out of our bellies are flowing 
rivers of living water, that this living word would come up out of a people and into the earth and it would touch people and people's hearts and minds would be changed and peace and joy and so forth would come through, come forth, kindness, meekness, gentleness. It would come forth. Why? Because he's in us. Glory to the Lamb of God. Yes, perfection of the Lamb would come forth from a people. Yes, yes. Oh, glory to God, because he's in us. Because we're in him, we're abiding in the vine. Now let us ask, let us ask. Father, we come to you today and we ask. We ask for an increase of the fruit of Christ. We ask knowing that you hear us and we believe that we receive this, that it comes forth in your glorious body. That is the church, the increase of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Blessings to you. And we will plan to continue this study, Lord willing, next week. May God just richly, richly bring you into the understanding of the blessings you already have, all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Amen.